we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hemant and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast if you like what you're listening to. And before we start with anything, I want to give a few shout outs to some of our recent supporters. I want to thank Hillary C., Barbara F., Howard, Connor N., Kyle S., Nancy K., Mighty Red, and Dean B. Thank you for supporting us via Patreon. I also want to give a shout out to one of our longtime listeners, Ryan Miranda, who just had a baby. Ryan, I hope you have a comfortable rocking chair and enough reading material to get you through the next few months. Congratulations to you. Congratulations. And, um, there's, there's so much uh, that happened. I was looking at the stuff we talked about last week, and I feel like almost all of it is irrelevant now. <laughs> Now that Olympus has fallen or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I do want to talk about that in the context of a few specific stories, but uh, I don't know if you have any uh, quick takes on it before we like get into it. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Like, okay. Yes, I do actually have some quick takes. Um, So my first one is I feel like I'm the, well, okay. I'll ask you, Hemet, what was your, when it started happening? Like, so I thought it was going to be a dumb mega rally, the likes of which we have seen many, many times before, where Mm -hmm. you have a bunch of his supporters just they want to go. They want to be around people. They want to like not wear masks and just hang out with each other Mm -hmm. and complain about how persecuted. Yeah. Yeah. And complain about how persecuted they are. And then they would like yell out their grievances and then, I don't know, go back into the sewer, whatever it is they do. And that's kind of it. And like, honestly, I'm pretty sure that's what Trump thought it was, too. I mean, mm-hmm. a video of him and his family watching the live proceedings of the rally before he spoke or before he did anything. And he's just like watching an amusement because it's his people like fawning over him. Right. And that's pretty much like all these rallies have ever been. So they'll incite them they'll mm-hmm. tell them to do things they'll use code words like yeah make sure you're exercising those second amendment rights yeah and then they ju- uh, i don't know if they said that this time but that's what they do at their rallies mm-hmm. and then they all just leave and do whatever it is they do go back to their regular jobs where they think there are no consequences for anything and this time around i don't i don't know I'm literally saying, I don't know how much of this was, yeah, let's storm the Capitol for real. I don't know how much of that was planned by like the Mm -hmm. Trump people versus, yeah, we should take over the government. Yeah, it's our government, not Mm -hmm. their government. 
and somehow that got into all right fine if that's what you want we'll totally some of these people obviously were prepared to do it like you could see pictures they had mm-hmm. hostage ties and stuff yeah, and guns like, fucking zip ties yes it seemed like most of them who were inside the building, who made it inside the building, had no friggin' idea what was going on. They're just in there like, oh, there are rope lines in the sanctuary hall. I guess we'll just walk in perfect <sighs> single file yeah. alignment. Yeah. Like, they don't know what to do. I've read stories where, like, they don't know where to go. They're looking for, like, Schumer or Pelosi. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you know where their offices are? <laughs> like, they don't, they're too incompetent Mm-hmm. They they have very big ideals, but they don't know what they're doing, which, hey, welcome to the past four years. Like, I know we've said this before, and we are not the first to say this. Like, Trump is awful. Everything he's done is horrible. Can you imagine if he had any sense of what the hell is going on and knew how to do anything? Like, this is why Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley is scarier than Trump is because they're everything he is, but they're not dumb enough to fall for the stuff he falls for. Like they know how to speak correctly and Mm -hmm. get people to do all this crazy stuff. Trump is just like, I just want to like go on Twitter and poop or whatever. (laughs) It would be way scarier if smarter extremists got into power. So like Trump is bad. The next Trumpist who comes in would be way worse. And so, like, I feel the same way about his fans who are storming the building. I'm glad they're too stupid to know how to pull this off because it could have been really bad if they actually came in with a plan. And it seemed like they were as surprised as anyone that they broke through the barriers and the police weren't stopping them. And they're like, oh, we can get all right. We're inside. I don't know what to do now. Let's just steal some shit and take pictures. Mm -hmm. And and granted, it got worse. Some people, obviously, like several people have have died. Five people, I think, as of right now. Um, There were obviously a couple thefts that I've heard of, like a laptop from some offices. Like some people knew what they were doing when they went in there. But imagine if actual like foreign enemies like got in with them, what mm-hmm. they could have done. Imagine if all those people came in with like oceans 11 type heist where they mm-hmm. all know exactly what they're doing. Like it's to our benefit, I guess that the new Confederacy is full of the dumbest people in the country mm-hmm. that they stormed the Capitol and then didn't plan ahead. Right. Um, So my deal was, it it was weird kind of watching it happen in slow motion. I knew that the the Trump rally was happening and then, oh, they're heading toward the Capitol. Oh my God, they're on the other side of the gates and they're, you know, you kind of hear it happening in slow motion on social media. And I kept, the people I was talking with when it was happening, I, I kept hearing like, can you believe this? I can't believe this. Can you believe they got in the Capitol? And honestly, I I was surprised. I wasn't that surprised, though, because this feels like the, the... This is what everything was ramping up toward. This feels like the logical conclusion to all of this, you know, all the saber-rattling that he's been doing since the election. Um, it shouldn't surprise any of us that they were whipped up into a frenzy to the point where they stormed their own Capitol building. That building hasn't been, quote-unquote, taken since, I think, the War of 1812. Like, it is truly unprecedented. Um, in my reflection this morning, 
when I was kind of skimming through thought pieces and, and reactions was I am very glad that both the media and many, if not most politicians are taking this extremely seriously. My, my biggest fear was this all happened. Nobody really got hurt. And then everybody just kind of moved on with their life and pretended it didn't happen. Cause that feels like the pattern, <clears throat> excuse me, we've been seeing over and over again with the Trump presidency that he does something appalling or horrible or racist and sexist, homophobic. And then the next day it's like, well, you know, there's something else to worry about. Right. Um, so I am relieved in a way that I'm, you know, we, we did see a lot of people resign from his cabinet, including Betsy DeVos, which (sighs) I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, that said that now I think trying to save herself, but also that absolves her of trying to impeach him by claiming like the 25th, 25th, like, yeah, yeah. So she leaves Mitch McConnell's wife leaves her cabinet position, but really that helps them more than it hurts anybody else because they've already done the damage. Right. Exactly. They but, don't have to say, Oh, I'm not part of the cabinet. I can't vote to impeach him. <laughs> Bye. Right. And I understand that, but I, I think there is something reassuring with the fact that people are taking this as seriously as it deserves to be taken and aren't brushing it under the rug as like, Oh, a couple wing nuts who, you know, went too far. They know that people flew in for this. They knew people right. were planning this. They had fucking t-shirts printed up, man. Like they, this was not a spur of the moment thing. Um, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how many of these politicians, Holly, some of the house members, like, who incited this stuff and yeah. called for it. And our, our, we'll do the thing of like, well, I didn't ask for violence when I said, bring your guns. Right, like, right. Sort of thing. What consequences will they face? Cause just, I mean, I've heard uh, Josh Hawley's biggest donor who's given millions of dollars to his campaigns is like, well, that was a mistake. Oh, and good. his mentor was like, yep, but he was a bad idea. But again, He's not on the ballot. And what's going to happen two to four years from now? Like anything like it doesn't really matter unless um, even now, like I've, I've heard people complain like, oh, the House is going to impeach Trump next week, whatever. It's a couple days left of his presidency. But that could actually there are reasons Republicans may go along with it, not because they care about the impeachment, but because the one thing you would accomplish is it would block Trump from running for president again. And that's to like Ted Cruz's benefit. Sure. And so maybe he will be impeached. I don't know, but it's, it's about taking action and preventing this stuff enough. At least the Capitol police people got fired or resigned. Mm -hmm, At least the FBI is like, no, we're looking into all this. We have Mm -hmm. your pictures. It looks like a lot of the people who were like, I don't need a mask. I'm showing my face at this rally because I can get away with it. Dude, there was a guy who wore his ID badge from his work around his neck on a lanyard. That's how Mm -hmm. fucking cocky these people are. Oh, I mean, if you're live streaming your heist, right? (laughs) like, don't be surprised when people are like, I know him. His name is this. He works here and then i think there was one guy from illinois who was on the news and he's like i mean that was a mistake dude it happened yesterday yeah you you're not a new person all of a sudden yeah um oh, good i hope you suffer the consequences for participants i actually did want to talk about uh that for a second because one of the participants not one of the guys who was in the capital as far as i know but he was all the way up to it pretty much 
is a guy named Rick Saccone, who is a former Pennsylvania state representative. And he posted a video online, which he later deleted, not knowing that people can save videos on the internet. He said in his selfie-ish selfie video, like, yeah, we're trying to run all run out all the evil people in there and all the rhinos that have betrayed our president. We're going to run them out of their offices and we're calling on Vice President Pence to support our president. Until next time, in God we trust. Um, this guy posted this video. And if you're not familiar with his name, let me give you a quick rundown of who this guy is. He was in the Pennsylvania State Legislature for I'm trying to uh, from 2011 to 2018 seven year span right there uh-huh. among the things he tried to do he sponsored a resolution declaring it the year of the Bible he sponsored National Fast Day because of our dependence on the overruling power of God he sponsored the National Motto Display Act to put in God we trust in every school in the state he said anyone who opposed his bill wasn't a patriot and he also once told the church audience our nation needs to return to God through prayer because that's the only way to stop our country from descending into a culture of chaos and destructive behavior that guy who then ran for Congress and lost to Connor Lamb, um, he's the guy who was at this rally, but but he loves to sow the seeds. And here's how his <laughs> get, here's how everything gets reaped. Yeah. Um, after he posted that video, turns out for the past like two decades, he's been teaching history at a place called St. Vincent College. And as soon as word got out that this guy's bragging about being at the rally, uh-huh. St. Vincent College must have said to him, yeah, we're going to fire you. And he's like, no, 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 I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so he resigned. And the school posted a statement that said, we commenced an investigation of the facts and circumstances surrounding his video. As a result of that investigation, Dr. Saccone has submitted and we have accepted his letter of resignation. And a reporter asked him, it seems you're exhorting people to do violence. And Saccone responds, well, it could seem like that to someone who doesn't know me. Mm. No one who <laughs> listens, No one who listens to that would think when you say save the nation, drain the swamp or throw out the rhinos that you're actually going to do any physical violence. Those are figures of speech. Hey, Hammond, what? Uh-huh. I feel like I keep hearing people talk about rhinos and I don't know what that means and I don't care to look it up. <laughs> Republican in name only. So you're a Republican, but you're not really defending Trumpism. So like, okay, moderate Republicans, you just call yourself that. But Mitt Romney, oh, he's the biggest rhino of them all. That's what they, they're they getting at. So, Does a rhino have an H in it? Uh, they can't spell these people. Um, <laughs> so Saccone uh, <laughs> resigned from his teaching gig, which is oh. good because they shouldn't have Confederates teaching history. I think that's, I think that's a good rule of thumb, <laughs> yes. But, it, I mean, good. I mean, and he's... He's a he. He's not sitting. He's a former Republican lawmaker. I think I counted. There were like six actual sitting Republican lawmakers who were seen at, uh, oh, yeah. at the, a protest. Oh, totally. Um, oh. oh my god! Wait. Um, oh Jesus! Did I did not hear... get any alerts from Antifa telling me to go there. By the way, I know. I'm so bummed. I must have mm-hmm. like you know when you accidentally unsubscribe from something and you're like, I just want to unsubscribe from like the promotional stuff, but if something's happening, you should, re- it's just hard, you know, with email servers. Um, there, 
this is now one of my favorite things um, to sort of watch the fallout of in terms of like this happened. We saw this happen after pew, pew, pew. What was the uh, one of the tiki torches? Um, the, which one? Charlottesville? Charlottesville. After Charlottesville, we saw a th- like just person after person who like their face was just out in the open and people called them out on it and were like, hey, mm-hmm. you're fired or whatever because mm-hmm. you're a Nazi monster. Um, that's happening again. And there's a story of a guy besides the guy who wore his fucking like this is how cocky these assholes are he wore his lanyard with his name and his own dumb face on it this is how you know it's not a planned heist like when you do the heist you'll wear the masks (laughs) (laughs) i I forgot who said this like these guys are so such covid denialists they wouldn't even wear a mask and it's going to end up biting them in the ass because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to identify who they are um, so there was a guy um, who got, so there's been five deaths is my understanding related yeah, four to officers the, and one of the rioters. Oh, I don't know if that's right. Well, because there's the one woman who everybody yeah. heard of. She got, um, she, she was got one of the rioters. Mm-hmm. But I think there's another guy who died in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he died of a heart attack. So he didn't die of like getting shot or whatever. He was also um, a rioter. He was also a rioter, but mm-hmm. he, so he technically is. You're right. You're right. He's not one of the, so yes. I'm trying to find his name, but apparently he was God, you know, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but apparently this guy tased himself to death uh, while trying to steal a painting from the Capitol building. I mean, and I have some sources that say he did taste himself in the balls and that triggered a heart attack. I don't know if that's true, but I just need it to be true so badly. What's the Bill Maher thing? I don't know if it's true, but I, I, it is true. Uh, I'm not saying it. He, he has this, he has some segment he does on his show like that. Anyway. Uh, And then that guy posted, I mean, but the thing is like you, you, did you see the whitewashing of guys like that? That guy included where they're like, he's a loving grandfather, dude. He's a guy who's from the Capitol. He's not a good guy. I don't care that he took a nice picture on Christmas with your grandkids. But then you look at pictures from like their timeline leading up to it. And this one guy who, who, for some reason I cannot find his name right now. Um, this one guy who died like immediately before he, he has a picture of himself with like, two rifles in his living room posing like he's like posing for a revolutionary war painting. It's just mm-hmm. like these people are violent. They were seeking out violence and that's, you know, like anyway, um, wait, while we're still talking yeah. about politicians being stupid, um, have you heard about our own, um, representative <laughs> Mary Miller from Illinois? She's not our, so I, she was, I guess, born and raised or something in Naperville in where Naperville. we're from. Yeah, she represents South, uh, like Eastern part of yeah. Illinois, like basically, uh, the part of Chicago, like if you go South of Chicago, there's I 80 that cuts the state, not in half, a little above half, but she represents like lower than that, which is Republican areas. So, so she is the rep- new representative for that 
big swath of the state, but a very Republican part of the state, right. very and, comfortably Republican. And tellingly, if you look at the map, it's basically all of Southern Illinois, except for the areas immediately around Champaign, Illinois, yeah, which is where the University of Illinois is, and St. Louis, which is a city, and therefore, anyway, um, so she Mary really, Miller. Mary Miller, yep. Um, I like honestly, her being from Naperville and now representing Southern Illinois is maybe the least surprising thing I've heard all week. <laughs> um, so she made her, she was making a little speech um, for Moms for America. And she said, this, so she's talking about uh, whatever. Um, basically, her thesis is we need to get more young people into conservative politics, which right, I would right. say the best way to do that is make your politics better. But that's not for me to say. But she said, this is the battle referring to young people. Hitler, this is a direct quote. Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. That was and a prepared I, speech. She wrote was, that down. Not off the cuff. Five, like three by five cards. Mm-hmm. And then she like doubled down on it. Yeah, I, the weird thing is, that's not like a Hitler original. She could have quoted any number of people who have say, said versions of the same thing. There must be like a Dr. Seuss quote that got that <laughs> job done easier, right? Like, well, had to go with Hitler. And, and she, she said today, she said, this is Friday. She, she said this morning, released a statement saying, uh, I'm paraphrasing, uh, I, she said, I, I just quoted him like, you guys, I'm pro Israel. I have spoken to Jews. I know the Jews. I'm friends with Jews. I'm paraphrasing. Like, <laughs> no, 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 you got it. Yeah, that was basically the gist of it. Uh, trying to pretend like quoting Hitler in a positive light is just a normal. Why are you guys making a big deal of this? But I, that's I her do. attitude. I really think that's my favorite part of this whole thing. Is what you said immediately. Like this, he's. Hitler's not the only person to say, like, hey, the youth are the future. There's literally a song <laughs> that says, I believe the children are the future. <laughs> like, you had options, Mary. What are you doing? Yeah, um, she has not resigned yet. And the thing is, calling for her resignation, which the Illinois GOP could force her hand or put pressure on her or whatever, they could withhold funding for her next campaign, whatever it is. It's a Republican district. Yeah. You are not getting rid of a Republican. You could get a new one in there. It wouldn't Absolutely. be difficult, but you can get rid of the Hitler one. And by the way, she's not even the first person to talk about Hitler in some positive light. Because <laughs> we talked about Madison Cawthorn, who's a new Congress member, who mm-hmm. also is like Hitler summer home. Call that a vacation. Boom. Which I know <laughs> tourist attraction, but he's like, I am at the Führer's home. Oh, Dude, I forgot about you that. can use and again she too is like i didn't say hitler was awesome i just <laughs> quoted him yeah but you chose to say like yeah i'm here let me use his honorific let <laughs> me say he got this thing right he was also a wonderful orator like he loved dogs you don't um, yeah he was a vegetarian you don't <laughs> need to cite him as the guy who did all these things that you happen to overlap with and I didn't realize until literally reading this article on USA Today about about this story. I didn't know Jamie Pritzker, who's the Illinois governor, is Jewish. 
So that layers a real fun extra oh, anti-Semitic gotten, layer gotten, on there. He's gotten a lot of anti-Semitic stuff from Republicans in the state when he was campaigning. I genuinely didn't know that, and I'm kind of embarrassed about that. <laughs> slash proud? I don't know. Unclear. Anyway, uh, let me, she's... Let me talk now. about uh, this. Uh, okay, there have been a lot of religious... Um, Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, before we move on, I was talking about people getting like busted in yeah. uh, for marching. One thing I do want to call out because it hits a little close to home. Insight Studios is a tattoo parlor in the Illinois suburbs. My friend who goes there is from Juliet. I'm not sure if they're right around there or further, um, further north or west. Anyway, the owner of Insight Studios Tattoo Parlor um, was at the he was part of the riot. Um, and my friend just found out and she's been getting tattooed from this guy since she was 18, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's pretty devastated. Uh, oh, another in Chicago, um, 1062 North Milwaukee Avenue. So anyway, if you are looking to get tattoos in the Chicagoland area, I would go ahead and uh, pass <laughs> a hard pass on Insight Studios. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I enjoyed a picture that showed someone left Axe body spray on the Capitol grounds. No. Uh, and Axe responded to a tweet saying, like, we condemn the, the riots. It's like they Axe body spray has more like guts to say the obvious than like most of the Republican Party. Um. Did okay. Somebody also They're more blunt about their condemnation of Trump. And Trump. First of all, I love following business Twitter when like they're when they start releasing statements that are like more democratic than, <laughs> than anybody else. Um, but also, did you see somebody? Yeah, we like, condemn the coup on the Capitol. Thanks, Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. <laughs> That's like when COVID first happened, first happened, and I kept getting all these alerts from like either Squadcast or something else that's like necessarily a virtual thing. They're like, these are our protocols for Squadcast. I'm like, actually, I don't think I can catch COVID this way. <laughs> <laughs> and then still, my gym was still like, I think we're fine. Anyway, <laughs> um, f- oh yeah, somebody apparently smeared shit around the Capitol, mm-hmm. and. This did lead to a conversation. Very on brand with these people. Oh, yeah. It it really did make me wonder, (laughs) like, was I thought about this too much. Like, was this somebody who prepared, like, brought in a bag of shit to, like, smear it in the Capitol? Or do you think think, he, like, had to have coffee before he went in? Oh, I think it was a fresh fresh Yeah. These people are yeah. idiot. Like the thing is, they're monsters and they're dangerous and they're racist and they're anti-Semitic, but they're and just they're so also not dumb. hygienic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of religious right figures, Christian news outlets, obviously they put out statements, editorials, or op-ed pieces, basically saying that was horrible. That should never happen. Okay, fine. Like, thanks for doing the bare minimum. Let me give a special shout out to the National Catholic Reporter, a news outlet. Um, Catholic news outlet, because not only did they say, did they condemn the coup, they basically said Catholics need to confess their complicity in the failed coup. And I want to read you a bit of what they wrote, because holy shit, I've never seen anything like this. Like, this is what I want to see from a lot of these news outlets. 
We're talking to you, CatholicVote.org, Attorney General William Barr, and other Catholics in the Trump administration, Amy Coney Barrett, Cardinal Tim- Timothy Dolan, Bill Donahue of the Catholic League, rogue pro-lifer Abby Johnson, sadly the list goes on, and what about the everyday Catholics, some 50% of them who voted for Trump this year after four years of incompetence, racist dog whistles, and attacks on what? democratic norms? Too many Catholic voters were content to cozy up to Trump. Trump in exchange for tax breaks or Supreme Court judges or subsidies for Catholic schools. Wait a minute. Many of these folks have been shaped by right-wing Catholic media, whether rogue priests on Twitter, websites such as Church Militant or LifeSite News, which I believe is Laura Ingraham's site, mm-hmm. or the Catholic media conglomerate, the Eternal Word Television Network, EWTN. The latter, with its veneer of respectability, has misinformed millions of Catholics worldwide with its biased news and opinion shows. EWTN anchor Raymond Arroyo, who moonlights on Laura Ingraham's show, The Ingraham Angle, on Fox News, where he is free from the from EWTN's alleged respectability deserves singling out. Wow. No, that, I have not seen a, that was the National Catholic Reporter. I have not seen like Christianity Today put out a call against the evangelical pastors who have shilled for Trump for all these years. And again, just to point out what they did, they didn't just name names of prominent Trump supporting Catholics. They called out the Catholics in the pews which yeah. is right yeah. by half of them who are Republican voters. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're pr- part of the problem, too. Granted, again, NCR is uh, a national Catholic reporter is not the Vatican. Sure. But it's a it's a but media it's coming from inside the house. Right. It's like, not it's, like a, it's not a one person website here. We're talking about people that put out news regularly. Like that was impressive. Good for you. That was awesome. Um, as we transition to the next story, I I want to say also Balboa's in Naperville and Tank Noodle, which is I think in Chicago on Ar- in like the Argyle neighborhood. Those are both the owners of both of those were also attendees of the Trump rally. Um, I mean, we're I, in the suburbs of Chicago. I assume everyone's like. Well, I mean, Tank, Nood- Tank Noodle is like you know that Argyle neighborhood. That's I mean, it's no, here. I've never left my house in my life. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> there's the Ariel red line stop and it's a huge, um, Vietnamese neighborhood. Okay. Um, it's just, there's a million places to go in there and they're all fucking amazing. But tank noodle is actually a really popular one. It's right by the Argyle stop. And apparently, um, the owner of that is, uh, has, excuse me, has w- attended the thing. So just interesting heads up on that. I will keep them coming. It's one of those things like, uh, the anti-gay wedding photographer, mm-hmm. like I, if you are open about your feelings about gay people or Trump or whatever, like you can have your business, but I think we can totally publicize the fact that you're horrible people. And if people have a choice of where to get their food or where to, who to hire for a big event, like people should know what you stand for or what you're willing to do or whatever. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, I'm going to move away from the coup for a second. Uh, Cause there's a couple news stories I want to talk about that happened earlier this week that got drowned out by everything else. And this one is even before the Georgia runoff, which I also want to talk about. Oh my God. The, I forgot about I know, that. I know. <laughs> that was a year ago. And also like two days ago. Um, <laughs> The Pew Research Center put out their uh, list of the religious makeup of the new Congress. They do this every two years. And one thing is 
that there wasn't that much of a change despite names changing because people retired, people lost, new people are in there. There wasn't too much of religious change on the list, but a couple uh, highlights here. For the first time ever, there is an open humanist on the list. That's Representative Jared Huffman. He is not listed as a humanist on their list. He's listed literally as other. <laughs> he is the only other in Congress. Um, Kirsten Cinema, the senator from Arizona, who's one right. of the more conservative Democrats, is right. listed as the only unaffiliated member of Congress. Mm-hmm. And once again, same as two years ago, there are 18 members of Congress who chose not to answer the religion question. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of new names on that list, including one Republican, Representative Chris Jacobs, who just won a special election over really? the summer. I can't tell if this is because he has some philosophical objection to talking about his faith or lack of mm-hmm. it. Or because he just didn't fill out the survey. Or yeah, whatever. I was going to say, is there, a cha- is there like a false positive? Yeah, we don't know. Um, one thing that's worth pointing out is Kirsten Cinema is the only unaffiliated member of Congress. But let's say you lump her in with Jared Huffman, who's openly non-religious. You have two people. They represent 0.4% of Congress. And yet non-religious Americans represent like 29% yeah. of the population. To contrast that... of the U.S. population, 65% is Christian, Mm -hmm. of some matter of speaking, and yet 88.1% of Congress is Christian in some form. Yeah, that's weird. It's almost like they're overrepresented Uh, and therefore think they're more important than they are. I don't know. I don't know. There are, just FYI, who are the uh, people who refuse to answer the question? Three Democratic senators, Michael Bennett, Tammy Duckworth from Illinois, Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin. There are more Tammies who won't answer the question about religion (laughs) than there are like openly non-religious people in Congress. There are also um, the new people on the list. Jamal Bowman, one of the more progressive guys who won in New York for Congress this time around, did not answer the religion question. Interesting. Um, That was interesting. The person who took over Tulsi Gabbard's seat in Hawaii, uh, I I don't know how you say his name, Kai Kahili, uh, he is one of the people who did not answer the question. So those are two new names on the list. I don't think I knew Tulsi Gabbard wasn't running for her seat again. Yeah, she she went off the, the yeah, train. Ugh, um, yeah. she, in her last acts in office, while she, like over the past week, she filed bills that would like block trans people from participating in sports and filed anti-abortion legislation. So, why oh, are well, people telling bye. me that she was a viable human being I should listen to? Um, I don't remember why. Yeah. Because she was brown and seemed progressive, but uh, like SNL portrays her as an evil Cruella DeVille type witch, which seems right on track. It's like, haha, I infiltrated your people. Now I will take over. Um, yeah, you know, not what, progressive. Yeah. Also, I feel like she's more hawkish than I like. She she's a military background, I think. So I feel yeah. like she has a lot of strong thoughts on intervention in the in the Middle East or whatever. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Let me, uh, before we move on, let me give a shout out to our sponsor for the show because I appreciate, I appreciate their sponsorship. Um, this is from the book L the Humanist. And here, if you're not familiar with the story, here's what it's about. L had a small problem growing up in a secular household, but in an area that's predominantly religious. She was really one of, the, this is a true story. She's one of the only kids in her third grade class who wasn't religious. So when she talked to her friends, 
they had a hard time understanding someone they knew did not go to church, did not pray. They wondered how she knew right from wrong, if she didn't have a pastor or a church leader, temple leader, whoever it was, if she didn't have a holy book to tell her right from wrong, how could she do it? And she found out that, you know, they weren't trying to convert her. They weren't judgmental. They just didn't understand it. And so Elle would end up talking to her dad about their beliefs and how she was being raised without religion. And she hoped from those conversations to learn how she could talk to her friends. And she ended up writing a book with her dad, and it's called Elle the Humanist. It's a child's book, but it's an introduction to humanism for young readers. Really easy to read. Really beautiful pictures in there as well. You can order that book at ldhumanist.com. That's E-L-L-E ldhumanist.com. And if you use the link that we're putting in the show notes or put in the discount code friendly atheist, one word, all lowercase, you'll get 10% off any order. So thank you uh, to L and uh, you should check out that book. It's really good. Thank you. I want to talk about the Georgia runoffs really briefly only because one that happened and that's a big (laughs) deal and it got overshadowed by everything in the news. Right. But I want to point out uh, not just that it's a good thing for the country that Democrats will have control of the Senate. It means, I mean, if another Supreme Court, you know what? The first thing that came to my mind is Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court justice, super conservative, could have retired over the Mm -hmm. past two, three years, Mm -hmm. and Trump could have replaced him with another version of himself, of Clarence Thomas, but like 50 years younger. Right. And Thomas, who's 72, did not retire. And now you can, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Mitch McConnell to do it before he is no longer the head of the Senate. But if Clarence Thomas retires or anything, like he will not be replaced by a clone of his. That's because Georgia won this election and gave Democrats control of the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Breyer, Breyer, who's liberal, one of the three liberals on the bench, who's 82 and the second and the oldest person on the court can retire and be replaced by somebody who's much younger and liberal. Like, man, I wish Ruth Bader Ginsburg could have held out for a few more months. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, like, the Supreme Court is, I wouldn't say saved, because it's so bad to begin with right now, six to three, but that is such a big deal. It also means after six years, I mean, I can't imagine how many people came to political conscience, consciousness, over six, for six years, Mitch McConnell has blocked everything in the Senate except for like the most important like COVID bill or (laughs) like budget bills and judges. And you're actually going to see all those progressives, not just AOC, but like legislation that gets passed in the House that would pile up in the Senate Mm -hmm. and then stop there will actually get moved on and voted on. And you'll, you'll actually get to see a working functional government because Republicans who, by the way, had total control of the government for two years, 2016 to 2018 and used it to do jack shit, except for judges. Yep. Pretty much like they don't want to govern. You actually have a governing party. And the other benefit of that is so did Barack Obama for two years in 2008. And the big like complaint that I think is totally legitimate 
is while he got the Affordable Care Act passed, he kind of had this philosophy like, I don't want to waste my political capital unless it's on this one big thing. Right. So let's set aside the other big things and focus on health care. That was kind of the governing philosophy there. And good, they got it done. And then Republicans used it against them and they took over. I don't I think the people who are in office right now, many of whom were around a decade ago, mm-hmm. they are well aware, like, you know what? Just do friggin' everything early. It doesn't mean we'll get all the progressive legislation passed. Like I'm I would I can't wait to complain about Democrats not doing enough. But like you're gonna see movement because I think there's enough people in there who are like, nope, don't hold back. Just let it all out. Let's run because we're good at this and let's run on what we can pass. That's a good thing. All of that is only possible because those two Senate seats were won in Georgia. Like that's I cannot stress how important that is. I wish I wish I would see more people talking about it on TV. I I know they can't and I know why they can't this week, Mm -hmm. but it deserves I, I hope someone somewhere gets a chance to reflect on what Democrats will be able to do once we can, for a second, get over all the stuff that's happening right now. If you care about church-state separation, to forget, like, liberalism or whatever, if you care about church-state separation, it's saved. The wall is protected, at least by a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, Republicans wanted to tear it down. Donald Trump tried to tear it down as much as he could through executive order. He said he did. He didn't actually do that. And the courts will certainly pose a problem, but it's it's being built back up. Like, that is a good thing. That is why so many atheists, by the way, overwhelmingly uh, were working to get someone like Raphael Warnock elected. Mm-hmm. Because, even though he's a minister, even though he's open, he talks about his faith nonstop, guess what? He supports church-state separation. Progressive religious people are not your political enemies if you are an atheist who cares about church-state separation and everything that stems from that, so. (sighs) Yeah, it's, I keep for, God, Wednesday was the fucking wildest day, wasn't it? Like, I woke up to to good news, and then weird news, and then terrible, I don't know, it was just such a day. Um, do you want to talk about Meghan McCain or uh, this? Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about Meghan McCain. Okay. So I have a theory that I've been working on for like 10 years. This theory is that Republicans are physically and emotionally and intellectually unable to have any empathy. And they can only have sympathy for something that they have dealt with themselves. And... Um, I think this is born true again. Because, you know, uh, Hemet, when you're a scientist like me, you have your hypothesis and then you see if, you know, that hypothesis is fulfilled. Now, Megan McCain, who is, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, she's John McCain's daughter. Have you heard about? I have heard of him. I have heard of her. She's Uh, on The View. She's on The View and is often, oof, something of a punching bag, I would say, but that's mm, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, she just had a baby. Do you know what that baby's name is? I do not. Its name is Liberty. We're going to move on. Oh, my God. No, we're not going to dwell. We're going to move on. A baby white? I mean, I, yeah. I, I honestly didn't check. If if this baby was not Liberty white, McCain. Oh, yeah. my. No, I don't know what his last name is. 
babies last night. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. 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 So, out. so she um, was back at work um, at The View. Um, she gave birth last fall. I don't have an exact date. She'd come, she'd planned on coming back before the election, but she had unexpected medical complications um, that doubled her time out of office. So this is what she discovered as a result of a thing that she experienced that women deal with every day and have been telling us about for lifetimes. Quote, as I thought about it, the more angry I got that there weren't women in the rest of America that had the same kind of luxury I had, meaning to take extra time off. It takes personal experience some time to get on board, you feckless cunt. That was me, not her. Um, but now she was fully on board and is and decided that like her cause du jour is to make paid maternity leave the views mission in 2021. She said that she wanted to quote put politicians' feet to the fire, especially members of McCain's own Republican Party who pay lip service to family values to make paid maternity leave a legislated guarantee. Now, so she's all for put, uh, parent leave. Yeah. Because she just had a baby and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, like maternity leave, paternity leave are good ideas. Mm-hmm. Because and it, beyond anything, beyond childcare, beyond anything else, physically going back to work right after you've given birth sucks. I, again, can't be clear enough, haven't given birth. I, I remember, I think I heard someone say like, Okay, yeah, it, the Republican theory of they don't care about anything until it happens to them, and then suddenly they listen to what everyone else has been saying about mm-hmm. it, or they start echoing what everyone else has been saying forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Barack Obama was opposed to marriage equality until he's like, well, my, what did he say? Like, my daughters had friends at school whose parents were women. But here's the difference, I think. I could be wrong on this, but this is my theory on that. I think he was always supportive of, like, same-sex marriage, but he knew politically it was going to hurt him. Yeah. And, and I can debate the strategy there, but right. he like came up with an excuse later to justify the thing he always wanted sure. to do. I don't know that Megan McCain secretly wanted parents to leave and sure. supported the policy. No, she genuinely just figured out when it meant something to her uh-huh. that, Hey, this thing Democrats keep talking about is actually a good idea. Yeah. It's the Republican Senator has a gay son and suddenly he's like pro queer rights. Like it's just Either that way, her husband her. opposes it and uses his federalist website to knock it down over and over. So maybe she should have a talk at home is all I'm saying about <laughs> yeah. that. And, and like, that is genuinely, I think the thing that absolutely utterly destroys me about the right wing is that they have absolutely like their view is that what I am going through is reality and what everybody else is going through is frivolous or stupid or overblown. So if I physically can't have a baby, then probably nobody else has a problem with that. And like, and just going beyond things like that, just a really quick tangent that we don't as a culture talk so little about what pregnancy is like and what giving birth is like, like women go into labor, not knowing what to expect. And that's on us as a culture. When I, um, I have said on shows past, I miscarried in November. So I was pregnant for a few weeks. My vision got blurry. That was a fun thing. Cause guess what? I'm a professional fucking writer and seeing the screen is really important to my ability to do my job. No, and then I looked it up, and it was like, "Oh yeah, that's super common." Like, why? Why don't we know these things? Like, why don't we talk about these things? And like, 
wouldn't that give some empathy for women who, cause like I wasn't even like visibly physically uncomfortably pres- pregnant. I just like all of a sudden was like, is my prescription fucked? I can't see for some reason. And like, I didn't know that. And I'm a pretty well educated and well read person. It's just bananas how we keep um, pregnancy and maternity shit like so fucking secretive as if it's again this is not that anyone's asking me I if Democrats want to use their power for good mm-hmm. they should pass as much of that stuff as mm-hmm. possible and then brag about it yeah forever. Republicans sure as hell brag about not doing any of that stuff oh absolutely so they should pass all this legislation and then learn to be proud of it because they didn't do that with Obamacare there was another story that happened earlier this week that we did not talk about uh, that no one talked about after yeah. it happened because of everything else. But um, a small thing happened last Sunday when they uh, inaugurated. That's not the right word. When all the new Congress members took their oaths and got sworn in. Sworn in, yeah. Yeah. There, there is a daily congressional prayer. It oh. shouldn't be there. They should get rid of it. It's ceremonial. It's pointless. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's there. We can argue about whether it should be another time, but it's there. And on Sunday, it was delivered by Representative Emanuel Cleaver, who's a Democrat. And one of the things he said is that this year we have a record number of women elected to Congress. I don't know what the number is, 40 or 50 or something, mm-hmm. um, that's Democrats and Republicans. And he said he wanted to honor the fact that there was this record number of women. And so at the end of his uh, generic prayer, he said, amen and a woman. Ha ha ha. It's a dad joke. Um, basically, as a little, by the way, he's a minister. He knows amen has nothing to do with men. Mm-hmm. He's just doing one of those punny little things that a million people have done before. Um, that's it. It was, he, he said, I concluded with a lighthearted pun in recognition of the record number of women who will be representing blah, blah, blah. And by the way, also there's the first female chaplain of the house whose service began this week, like totally harmless thing to do. Conservatives flipped their shit over the fact that he said a woman, Franklin Graham, evangelist Franklin Graham, I suppose he was trying to use this time of prayer to make a political statement about gender issues. Not a great start for 2021. Hmm. Sean Hannity, it has become clear that wokeness has infiltrated our government. Tonight, we will call out the radical left. This is two days before, three days before the insurrection. Right. Um, Donald Trump Jr., these people are freaking morons talking about the fact that a guy made a joke like again i don't like the prayer itself mm-hmm. but that part of it was not the problem it was the, <laughs> of the prayer um i want to talk about one other totally unrelated thing otherwise i will never get to talk about this the new york times this week this went totally undetected because of everything else the new york times has a series uh where they invite filmmakers to submit like not op-ed essays which they always do mm-hmm. but op documentaries op oh, docs so you can submit like a 10 minute film or whatever and they edit it and they make it look nice and i don't know what they do on their end of it but i've seen a bunch of these over the years they're always like really interesting to watch and this week they published a 12 minute documentary called arc of the apocalypse And basically, it was created uh, by a filmmaker named Jeremy Seifert, who I believe 
helped Bill Maher make Religulous way back when. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, it's just a 12-minute documentary about Ark Encounter and its existence. And kind of looking at the sort of people who believe it's real, like it represents something that really happened. He talked to a couple people in Williamstown, Kentucky, who are like, there was nothing here. Businesses were leaving. And then this arc came into town mm-hmm. and they, they felt that was a big deal. He also, um, they also had people that said uh, he had a member of like the local government saying, yeah, this is a boost to the economy or at least some version. It was there to help us, but it was 12 minutes long. This is by no means a deep dive into the place. Mm-hmm. But the question is, look, the whole goal is let me just show you the slice of America right here. And there's nothing wrong with that. There was nothing in the film that I saw where I was like, there's a real issue here. Mm-hmm. No, it's a pretty, yeah, this is what it is. That's what it is. That's why it's there. Um, it does say in there, like, yeah, it's a hundred million dollar arc when you consider how much money they got to go there and the tax breaks they got and all that. Sure. They show clips like the B-roll footage is the zip line outside the build uh, outside the arc and an ice skating rink. Anything they can do to draw in families. Ken Ham wasn't even in the movie. Hmm. It was Interesting. Just like, Look at the arc. So that said, I watched it and. I'm not the only one to say this. One of the Dan Phelps, who is a guy who has been a watchdog for Ark Encounter. He sent this message along to a lot of his followers too, saying like, this looks like an advertisement and it's not Ark Encounter had nothing to do with the footage. I don't believe, but I think I agree with that assessment where it's like, you have a 12 minute thing about how cool this is. Why the, city said this is a good idea why a businessman says yeah i mean this revived in a sense revived our ghost town mm-hmm. and that's why we want it there there's a lot of nice shots of the inside a guy a pastor local pastor reading a bible where it talks about noah's ark and you come away with it and you realize they didn't talk about the businesses that have gone under because they invested money knowing the ark was coming and then couldn't pay uh-huh. for it like the hotels that had to go under or whatever the, they didn't talk about the discrimination in hiring. They didn't talk about how it takes money away from like local schools or property owners. They didn't talk about the staff members who have left saying, you know, the hire the the work situation there is not good. We are believers and the work situation is not good. They didn't criticize it at all. Granted, mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be critical. Sure. But if you're not critical of Ark Encounter when you are talking about it for 12 minutes, I guess the question I'm, I wanted to ask is like, is that an advertisement, a glorified advertisement when like if you had to do a documentary of Fox News right now and you didn't point out or get put uh, talking heads mm-hmm. from critics of it, you're just doing them a favor. And I went back to the, the debate between Ken Ham and Bill Nye. And one of the criticisms I certainly had and a lot of cr- other people had is Bill Nye. Why the hell did you say yes to doing a debate with Ken Ham? Mm-hmm. Because it's not about who wins. Of course, you're going to win Bill Nye. You have science on your side. He has fairy tales, but the fact that you're doing it gives him a platform that he doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. And he's going to milk the hell out of this. It's all he's got. And it, Bill Nye, has moved on to do a million other things since that debate. It may have revived his career. Ken Ham still talks about the debate itself as if there was one. Mm -hmm. He's still selling the tape or whatever. Like 
Ken Ham said, yeah, this thing, it's, it's an advertisement for my brand of Christianity. Bill Nye can say whatever he wants about like, yeah, yeah, that happened. I won the debate. Sure he did. It doesn't matter. It was an advertisement for the arc. That was the criticism Bill Nye got when he mm-hmm. said yes to it. I feel like this documentary on the New York Times thing, I know it's like a petty thing to like condemn, but it's like, come on, don't just air this uncritically. At least if you're going to make a documentary about the arc, you, you, even if it's 12 minutes long, you got to get feedback from people who have suffered because of it or who have called it out. Mm-hmm. There is a movie. Um, oh my God. What's the doc, the actual two hour documentary about the arc? Uh, there must be dinosaurs. Oh my God. Can you please look that up while I'm talking? Yep. The, but they made a two hour documentary about the arc. We interviewed the filmmakers uh, who made it. That one actually included like someone who makes the animatronics at the arc. We believe and, in dinosaurs. We believe in dinosaurs. And it included Dan Phelps, who I just mentioned, who is critical of the arc. And they actually did look at multiple sides. That is a better holistic view of the place. I didn't like that this documentary di- wasn't critical because they didn't air anything critical. And I think that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think <sighs> everything needs to be both sides to death because I do think that is something. But I don't. I, I would say we talk not about that. When news footage, if they're like, I've heard this criticism too of Sunday morning talk shows, they will bring on Republicans to talk about like, let's hear from a Republican senator, Chuck Todd says on Meet the Press, Mm -hmm. um, who has a view on this thing. If all you're doing is inviting them on and not spending 20 minutes hammering them on their defense of Trump or Mm -hmm. everything awful, like if Nikki Haley gets a positive profile written about her, what the hell are you doing? Like, there is no both sides here. They are objectively bad for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. And to publish an uncritical take on it or to treat them as normal. Right. Like, oh, my God, what the hell is wrong with someone who invests the time into this project and the money? Because it was a good quality film, like, Mm -hmm. uh, visually. But again, like, what the hell? What is wrong with you if you're in a position where you could actually say something and you take it to say, look, it's pretty. It's in Kentucky. What are you doing? Yeah, I think that's a completely Uh fair criticism. Um, I do have one other piece of good news that's also horrifying. Okay, I have a piece of bad news. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first with this one. Uh, Pakistan. In uh, a state in Pakistan, in Punjab, uh, there's a... I would guess it's comparable to like a district court in the U.S. So the Lahore High Court, one judge or a panel of judges this week, they banned virginity tests. And basically, here's what happens. If you are a woman who accuses someone of sexual assault or rape, one of the things that is allowed to happen is the other side can get someone. I don't know the details here, but basically they stick two fingers or something into a woman to basically judge her hymen. Yeah. And they say like, well, it's loose or whatever, or it's broken (laughs) or whatever. Therefore we have evidence you've had sex before. Therefore we shouldn't take your allegations seriously. Mm -hmm. Like it's not scientific. There's no truth behind the veracity of that test it's also punishing a victim a second time like there's so much wrong with this remember like 
last year or two years ago, the rapper T.I. said, yeah, I take my daughter to the gynecologist and I make sure the gynecologist performs that test on her, too. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? She's 18. Get away from her body, dude. (laughs) And then later he's like, oh, I was joking, I think. But um, so they banned it in this part of the in this part of the country. And what was really interesting about banning these virginity tests as being admissible in court mm-hmm. is that there really wasn't the sort of pushback from a, from religious politicians, as you would think, uh-huh. which is like, that's good. That shouldn't happen at all. But also like everyone kind of expected conservative, mostly Islamic, like government officials would be like what how dare you do this no they were mostly on board like the activists won this battle Mm -hmm. which is good and it's also horrifying that we have to do this today still but for them i mean it's a step Uh, yeah that's um yeah that's good you're right you hit it on the head it's good news but what it's 2021 and that's what we we just came to that conclusion um okay Last story here. What do you got? Story. Um, so John Mackey is the CEO of Whole Foods, um, which is, I don't know if there's any place that people haven't heard of Whole Foods, but it's like rich white people, healthy food. Like everything's yeah. like It's forward. expensive, it's but it's all very, expensive. very good for you. Mm, so good for you. They do have mm. like a dope salad bar, but so... <laughs> He so uh, John Mackey, along with our other overlords who are the CEOs of our giant companies, get a disproportionate amount of say in like how many you know when a million zillion people work for you and you decide if they deserve healthcare, it puts you in a pretty powerful position. Anyway, um, so he was talking about um, healthcare and the importance of it and all that stuff, and he said. Quote, I mean, honestly, we talk about health care. The best solution is to not need health care. The best solution is to change the way people eat, the way they live, the lifestyle, the diet. There's no reason why people shouldn't be healthy and have a longer lifespan. A bunch of drugs is not going to solve the problem. He says that 71% of Americans are overweight, 42.5% are obese. Clearly, we're making bad choices in the way we eat. It's not a sustainable path. And so I'm calling it out. The kids at the cancer ward are going to love to hear that they just need more whole foods. Uh, he said this begins. Um, so this is his argument again. I mean, again, one thing for the CEO of a health food, supposedly company to say, you all just need to eat better. But it was, is this some sort of argument against what affordable health care boosting oh, ACA? Basically, well, this is the second time he's kind of um, hit the papers with something like this. In 2009, um, he wrote a Wall Street Journal, I guess, op-ed or something called The Whole Foods Alternative to Obamacare, in which he advocates for less government control of healthcare in the U.S. Quote, this begins with the realization that every American adult is responsible for his or her own health. We should take that responsibility very seriously and use our freedom to make wise lifestyle choices that will protect protect our health. Yeah. So I think what bugs me about what the guy said is it means that no one in this guy's life circle has he's probably floated this theory before 
And no one around this guy has ever said, dude, you should maybe like not say that or you don't have a full understanding of what's going on or what the argument actually is. And no one has ever said this to this guy because the way he talked about it was so overconfident. This is Hemet. For some reason, I'm going to blame Dottie. There was a little bit of an interruption and we lost Jess's microphone right after this moment so i'm just gonna cut in here to say thank you for listening you can find jessica blueberry b-l-u-e-b-u-r-i-e on twitter you can go to her etsy shop bitches get stitched done you can find me on twitter at hemant meta and you can support the show at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast thank you all for listening we'll see you next week